Good evening and welcome to Coach's Corner. Ron Raver with you this evening from Ison's Family Pizza. We're glad you're with us here this uh, spring evening. Our first guest as normal is Gary Marmon, Oldenburg Academy Boys Basketball Coach. Coach, congratulations on the sectional championship. Thank you so much, Coach. It was uh, quite a thrill for us, and uh, it did not come easy. Tell us about uh, your three-game trip through the sectional. Well, you and I talked at length about the first game and uh, uh, our opponent, uh, Hauser. We uh, talked about that, that uh, a lot of our fans, a lot of people that are, I'm friends with were like, wow, they're so thrilled that we drew Hauser because two weeks prior to the game, we had defeated them by 32 points on their floor, and I was very leery about it. Number one, I knew uh, their uh, Bates kid, number 20, would be back um, from injury. They would be at full strength. Paradise would be back, and uh, so I knew they would be a better team than they had been for, oh, about the previous month, and um you and I had talked about it. What the the difference between a regular season game and the state tournament game for the team who is ex, who is the supposed favorite? Uh, sometimes that pressure, that that uh, anticipation that you should win in advance, can really become a heavy burden for the the favorite and uh, the the underdog, so to speak, kind of has a free roll. And uh, Hauser came in there with an incredible game plan. They came down the floor. Uh, we scored the first trip down the floor. They came down, uh, back down the floor and went to a stone-cold stall down two points, uh, completely willing uh, to hold the ball against us and uh, eventually got an open three and knocked it down, uh, eventually got to a 7-2 to lead, and we had to call timeout and change and realize that they were willing to go to half uh, up seven to two they were more than happy to make that the last shot so we had to change strategy a little bit and it was a monumental titanic uh, struggle to say the least they led us by one at the half and uh, if ever a game felt like the underdog was in control that was that game they com- controlled the pace and the style of the game from the opening tip and we were playing uphill battling all along uh, going in the fourth quarter, they led 34-33, uh, stretched that lead to five points in the fourth quarter. But here's the thing about our guys. They were utterly composed through all of it. Um, every, the, so many things looked terrible for us, but at every time out, at every break, they were absolutely composed. They believed that the pendulum would uh, eventually swing in our favor and we could draw even again, and eventually we did. Uh, draw even and uh, uh, eventually in the final two minutes just outplayed them uh, when it mattered most and uh, that's what uh, some coaching friends of mine that saw the game said you know when it was all on the line you guys answered the bell you guys were champions who stood up and and took their best punch and answered the bell and we really did it was an extraordinary performance I, I told the players after a game a game that on the Sagarin computer, we were 19-point favorites. We ended up winning by three. And so on the Thursday in between, I was asking the players, I said, what do you think of all of the games? And now we've won 18 games at that time, 16. I said, well, of all the games this year that we've won, what do you think was our favorite game? And they guessed all the games until finally a guy said, I think last night. And I said, yeah, it was last night because it, while we played so much better and so much a, uh, of more of an aesthetically pleasing game than the Hauser game, it was an absolute gut check. And our guys answered the bell, and it was uh, it was really one of those things as a coach that uh, you could enjoy because our guys uh, did a miraculous job. Uh, so fast forward to uh, Saturday night against Jackson Dell, whom uh, while we had defeated Hauser by 32 in the regular season and then struggled to beat them by three, Jacksondale, we had defeated at Jacksondale, as you remember, late in January, the uh, January 31st. We defeated them by two at Jacksondale. Jacksondale, extremely talented shooting team with a talented, physical, uh, very, very quick inside game. A guy in uh, Baber, very, very capable of derailing our trip to the end. Uh, but uh, we got off to a really good start, got off to, uh, got out to a, uh, 14, 15 point lead in the first half, and they battled back to uh, cut that lead down to six. Hit a three at the buzzer. You and I have talked many, many times. 
why it's so important to get the last shot, the simple math of getting the last shot of each quarter. And we took our last shot with about uh, four, five, six seconds to go in the first half, enabling them to get the last shot. We miss, they hit, and rather than us be uh, ahead 22 to 12, it's 22-15 at the half. They come out and uh, score the first six points of the second half to cut it to 22-21. And then we absolutely took control of the game. Spread it out to 41-30 at the end of three. And then we're just really like an offensive and defensive machine uh, in the fourth quarter. We end up winning 63-43, a team that averages way more, as Hauser does. We held both those teams well under their their average. And uh, we were really as close to flawless in the fourth quarter as we could be. I mean, we made our free throws. We were outstanding defensively. They got no easy looks. Offense, we moved the ball. We got uh, <laughs> the typical shot we were getting uh, in the fourth quarter was a one-foot bank shot. we make most of those. Um, so played very well against Jackson Dell. And, uh, you know, credit to Jack Day and his boys. You say they played very, very well. I thought they were well prepared. But they ran into a... Uh, a team that was really, really good and was not going to uh, lose that Friday night. Then finally go to the final game against uh, Morristown, who obviously two years ago was the state champion. They came into the game, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a clear, uh, strong, really, really good, well-prepared team. Uh, Scott McClellan, outstanding coach. They uh, very, very quick ball club. Uh, we had defeated them uh, earlier in the year by 13 at OA. But um, quickness and their ability to shoot the ball in the first half, they played nearly a flawless first half. Hit six of nine threes in the first half. I mean, they looked like an absolute machine. Very similar to their Batesville game, uh, probably. I, I didn't see the game. I watched it on film. Aaron sent me the film, uh, but I didn't see it in person. Uh, but, you know, played re- very well as they did in that game. Go to the half, we were down uh, by by nine points, 28-19 going into the half. And uh, things did not look good for us. They just played so well. What we told our kids at halftime was, you know, we had not played poorly. We turned the ball over three times the whole first half. We only turned the ball over four times for the whole game. So it wasn't Hauser winning by virtue of uh, the Twisters playing poorly. It was Hauser playing nearly flawlessly. And I'm sure if Scott McClellan was here, he would tell you that that may have been the best first half they had played all year. Uh, they played so well. And we, we told our guys, we said, listen, uh, the simple math of it is uh, if they are going to keep shooting that well, if you're going to shoot six of nine, if they end up at the end of the night uh, 12 of 18 from threes, we aren't winning anyway. Uh, but the fact is, we got to assume they are not going to continue to shoot it that well. And uh, they could not, for the whole night, they only scored six two-point baskets. So we had completely shut down their inside game. Uh, so we told them, just stay the course and trust each other. And uh, you got to believe that they're going to come down to earth. And they did. And uh, by the end of the third quarter, uh, we were down 35-34. In the fourth quarter... Um, by that time, their crowd, they bring a really big crowd. We've got a great fan base, big big crowd. They were really loud and raucous through the first half and early second half. Our crowd had come alive. And i got to tell you, Coach, in the fourth quarter, we had told them going out of the fourth quarter, they can feel us now. They can feel our presence now. And they could. They can feel it. We knew they were gunning for us. We knew that. We had defeated them the last two times we had played them, and, th- and we knew we this meant a lot to them. So as we both know in, in athletics, that want-to can be a great thing. It can also become a heavy burden when that want-to gets to be too much. And that want-to for them, when combined with how we played in the fourth quarter with our crowd, there were a few moments I was telling Sally uh, beforehand when we were getting ready. There were some times where you could feel the vibration in the bleachers of our crowd. And our crowd lifted us. We, we, we took a three-point lead about halfway or a third of the way through the fourth quarter. Had a beautiful fast break where Will Freeland hit Zach Wegman for a lay, layup to put us up five. And at that point, How, or, uh, Morristown took a timeout. And the din of the crowd, the eruption of the OA crowd, 
vibration in there. I wish I could have. We, you and I talked about this. It's a shame. As the head coach, you can't really enjoy it like everybody else could because we knew we had four minutes left to play. I wish I could have soaked that in or we could go back to that moment in time. Had I known we were going to win for sure, it would have been more enjoyable. But uh, our guys were lifted by our crowd, and we played so well the last four minutes and uh, pulled away, had stretched the lead at one point to 11 points, and they hit a three at the buzzer to cut it to its final margin of 54-46. But uh, I'll tell you, an outstanding week for OA and uh, uh, really was a testament to our resilience and our ability to hang in there through some tough times and belief that things were going to turn out well for us. Coach, part of that uh, obviously was your preparation, uh, you and your staff, but the other thing is the schedule you play. You don't take any easy pass uh, uh, during the season, and the fact that you have to play a lot of games on the road has to help as well. Absolutely. You know, we went 10-2 and two the last 12 games that we've played, and we played 10 of 11 on the road. So as we're building the new gym, and part of it was we were, you know, trying to be good hosts slash neighbors to our, our uh, some of the teams we played, i.e. Rushville and Lawrenceburg and some of them. We extended the invitation to them. If, if they were willing to host us, we were willing to travel, even though it was to be our home game this year. But, uh, the, you know, the gym wasn't ready yet, and, and uh, those games attract big crowds. So uh, they hosted us, and, and in the long run, I agree with you. I think that that certainly helped us. It was playing quality opponents and going on the road, and uh, in doing that, it probably, uh, probably helped us. Um, you know, get prepared for winning tough games on the road. Coach, uh, who you play this week, and tell us about that and where it's going to be. Well, we play uh, Greenwood Christian at uh, at Martinsville. We had the um, uh, regional meeting uh, today, and uh, that was uh, uh, you and I had talked beforehand. I mentioned to Coach Marlin he could leave some of them big dudes home if he wants to. They got a whole bunch of them on the bench, too. I said, give them guys a chance. So, uh, we're up against a really, really strong opponent. Um, first game, uh, actually, it's the 12 o'clock game on Saturday, but they're really, really strong, and uh, they're 25-1, and one, a really, really good team. They're ranked number three in the polls in 1A. The computer says they're the third best 1A team. Uh, the Sagarin rating says if they were a two, 2A team, they'd be the number two team in 2A, and they would be the number five 3A team. So this is a formidable crowd. Um, and uh, we're going to have to play very, very well to uh, to be able to keep this going. Um, forgot to mention, who are some of the kids that played well for you in the sectional to get you this opportunity? Wow, Coach, I'll tell you, we had a bunch of them uh, in the Hauser game, and I told you it was just unbelievable gut check throughout. Um, Jake Johnson uh, had 16 points for us in that game, uh, hit five of six free throws, did a lot of great things for us. Uh, Will Freeland had eight points and played extremely well, really, really, really well down the stretch against Hauser, really well. Zach Wegman had 12 points and 10 rebounds, a double-double. has had an incredible night. Um, Dempsey Bowman had a good night, played really solid, played well. Uh, one of, uh, he played, had four points, and he sprayed in his ankle very early in the game, in the, early in the second quarter, so we had to play without one of our uh, we only played seven guys, and uh, so we were without one of them for the entire uh, entirety of the game. Andrew Osterling played his typical solid game against Hauser and had a bucket. Uh, against Jackson Dell, we were able to get three people in double figures uh, with Johnson with 17, Osterling with 13, Wegman with 15, had an incredible game against Baber inside, just did an incredible job. Uh, Freeland had seven. Bowman, really good inside, had a heck of a game as well, had nine points, and Prost Mormon had two. Uh, and then in the final game, I do have to comment as an individual, it was an unbelievable week for all of us. But Jake Johnson on Saturday night was unbelievable. He had 31 points, 10 rebounds, but moreover, his defense on the interior of Morristown. As I told you, Morristown hit nine threes. They hit were six of nine in the first half. The only way they could score was hitting long-range threes because we do, We sometimes do something, we disguise what we try to do on defense where we start out in our normal, what we call our fist defense, which is more of a 3-2. And then at a particular 
thing by the offense. They do a particular thing. It triggers him to drop down in the middle of the lane, and we play more of a 2-1-2. And um, upon doing that, it just utterly stymied Morristown's inside game. So while he got had 31 points and 10 rebounds, his defense was unbelievable. And uh, you just, he just was extraordinary. Would not early in the game, I'm telling you, every possible thing that could go Morristown's way, including how great they were playing, did. And everything that could go wrong for us, save for the fact we never turned the ball over, uh, like I said, four times for the whole game, save for that, so many shots rattling in and out, we could have been put away, but he wouldn't let us be. Uh, and uh, it, it's just an extraordinary game by him. Uh, Andrew Oshling had a big fourth quarter for us. He ended up with 10 points, three of four from the line, and scored five points and a bunch of big baskets uh, in the fourth quarter. Zach Wegman, again, really terrific job. Six points, did a great job on the glass. Dempsey Bowman, I really felt like he he suffered. He didn't move quite as well on Saturday night as he did on Friday night after the ankle injury on Wednesday, but still played very well. Hit a huge three for us, and but he scored all five of his points in the first half. And uh, then Will Freeland uh, scored two points for us, but had two big assists on two fast breaks that absolutely electrified our uh, our crowd uh, and, you know, helped lead us to that victory. But, uh, well, I'll tell you, everybody that got in contributed. Everybody who didn't get in that was cheering for or wearing OA colors uh, contributed as well. So it was certainly a great week for us. Coach, anything uh, special for your fans uh, that uh, might be doing this week before the Saturday uh, regional? Well, we're just getting ready for we got I step testing this week, so that's not a real fun thing for them. But uh, we got some things planned at school, and then uh, we'll make the trip up to uh, uh, Martinsville on Saturday, and hopefully we have something for the Cougars uh, when we meet them. Coach, best of luck, and again, congratulations to you and your team for a uh, sectional championship. Thank you so much, Coach. We'll see you next week. Definitely. We will be back after these words from our sponsor. You're listening to Coach's Corner on WRBI 103.9, your FM dial, and streaming live on WRBIRadio.com. We will be right back. Cecil here from Ison's Family Pizza and Topless Frozen Yogurt in downtown Batesville. We love our pizza because we use only the best quality ingredients. Try one of our awesome Supreme Pizzas or build your own topping combination. Add some of our famous breadsticks, cheese sauce, and a salad and dinner is done. We love being part of this community and thank you for your business. Check out our website, IsonsFamilyPizza.com. Give us a call at 812-933-0333 or visit us in downtown Batesville. Hello, this is Ty Fleetwood, sales manager at Tom Sibbett Chevrolet Buick. I want to invite you to stop in and see what has changed at Tom Sibbett Chevrolet Buick. Our service, parts, and sales staff is working hard to earn your business. We offer customer shuttle service, courtesy pickup and return, and if you do not see it on our lot, we can go get it for you. We have Greensburg's only drive-in service lane and the home of free oil changes for life. Thank you for the opportunity to earn your business. If you could change one thing about how the inside of your home feels, what would it be? Fewer drafts? A quieter system? More or less humidity? Believe it or not, you can enjoy all these things and more with a Linux home comfort system from Hurt and Elko. And best of all, they've got plenty of high-efficiency options. So call 812-934-4646 today. That's Hurt and Elko at 812-934-4646 or online at hurt-elko.com. Now, back to Coach's Corner at Ison's Family Pizza on the Sports Voice in Southeastern Indiana. Country 103.9 WRBI. We're back and joining us now is Brian Haley. Tonight he's here as the Batesville High School Athletic Director uh, in lieu of uh, what he's been here all year as the uh, girls basketball coach. Coach, uh, tell us what's going on in the spring schedule at Batesville High School since the winter uh, season ended uh, too quickly on Friday night. Well, first I want to congratulate Oldenburg Academy boys on on their great victory. Uh, you know, it's always always great to have representation. It's, it, you know, the farther you can go, the better off for for southeastern Indiana. So, uh, congratulations to Coach Mormon and, and their crew. Um, unfortunately, we're all wrapped up now. Um, for the most part, from the winter season, we had a pretty successful winter season. Um, maybe didn't go as as far in a few of the sports as we'd hoped, but uh, but now it's time to look ahead. Like you say, um, track. Uh, 
Track's underway. Uh, we actually were, were at the Central Invitation or in, Indoor Invitational on Saturday, and uh, I'm, I don't know if you have a chance to talk to, to Lisa, Coach Gaussman, uh, yet. But it, I was uh, there until noon Saturday with the high jumpers. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good day. Yes. You know, we, we were just talking that uh, you know JJ uh, Kiesel, uh, I think I believe set a new meet record, new record in the quarter. Yeah. So that's awesome. And Gabe Gunner and Liz uh, Loshinger also placed. Uh, first individually, and I think we also, if I'm not mistaken, had a uh, four by eight hundred meter relay team that uh, that placed first. So, Definitely yes. So I may, I don't know. Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody there. But you know, that's that's a great way to start. It, it's it's a long day, I know, for for everybody. But uh, it's it's good to be able to get uh, all the all that practice time kind of culminate here a little bit and get started. So um, outside of that, uh, softball's first official day was is today. I uh, was out, watched uh, quite a bit of their first practice, and unbelievably, we're outside today for <laughs> softball. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't always happen. Not to be very often, here. nope. You know, I think one of the worst things that can happen is those baseballs, baseball, softball, tennis teams, and those get stuck indoors, and they're just not indoor sports. I don't care how you try to simulate things and and, and what you do, they're just not indoor sports. And uh, so, for them to be able to get outside and, and you know go through a bit of a tryout period for some of the girls. Um, I think it's in their little bit more natural environment. I think that's a, a great opportunity for them. I think we around 27 to 30 uh, girls playing, uh, trying out for softball this year. Um, that that's a good thing. You know, we'll be able to um, roster both a varsity and JV squad. So um, emails go around to athletic directors about this time of the year, and everybody's asking, hey, "Do you have this team? Are you going to have a JV softball team? Are you going to have a freshman?" Or a C team for baseball and things like that, and and for the most part, I, there's there's been a maybe a small handful of schools that are going to be able to field both varsity and 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 JV softball. So that's you know that's good for our girls. Um, they get started on April second, uh, which is a little bit of a schedule change. They're going to play a varsity only um, again at Rushville, which originally that was going to be on the same day as prom, and so we tried to. Tried to split that up a little bit, so the JV will play on the regular uh, scheduled day, and then the varsity is going to bump theirs up, uh, so so everybody can get to prom who who wants to, and then we uh, we'll actually get uh, home. The home part of the schedule will be a doubleheader against Rising Sun on April 4th. So we got a little time yet to get the the diamonds and everything in shape, but uh, hopefully the weather cooperates this year. Uh, Coach, uh, baseball. Uh starting a little bit later i would imagine and uh the uh schedule i know it, i rolled back in the fall and uh the sports is it any different in the spring or will we still be starting the first week of april for most of them we're actually um we're actually going to get baseball girls tennis and boys golf started on the 16th okay so that's uh that's that's helpful uh because that gives us you have to have x number of practices in 10 practices in before um you can you can play in that first contest so this year we're, we're have the luxury a little bit if you want to call it that with spring break always messes up uh the spring sports and and you know it takes away a lot of times we typically do not um a few of the sports require some practice time over spring break but not all of them do so this allows a, a few extra days to get those 10 practices in so um justin tucker will be the head coach again for the baseball team um emily helvey will be the head coach for tennis and then ben seifert uh will lead the uh, golf team again uh, so hopefully, you know, weather cooperates, much like softball did tonight, and uh, these, uh, these, these three teams can get out as soon as possible and, and, and get their practice, their tryout sessions in. Uh, Coach, uh, anything going on uh, this summer that uh, is different or will be basically the same? It's basically the same setup. Uh, the IHSA has, has made a few changes in school out of season where there's a limited contact period uh those kind of things where uh they're scheduled uh we can we can go two days a week for two hours a day during cer- certain periods of time uh throughout the course of the school year but the summertime is pre- pretty well set uh much like it has been in the past uh, I, at batesville we we do a very good job and i can I, I thank the coaches for trying to be very conscientious about everyone's schedule uh, the summer is very very demanding on our student athletes uh sometimes i think too much so to be honest with you and but i i do not fault our coaches or or anybody uh really because you've got to get out there and and you've got to be competitive you've got to get that work in those reps in 
um, you know, with your own individual sports. But we rely so much on two, two sport, three sport athletes that the summer is very important for everyone. And um, our, our coaches do an outstanding job of, of trying to coordinate practice times, um, open facility times, to accommodate uh, student athletes who want to participate in more than one sport. And I know it's uh, very uh, easy uh, uh, for somebody that's uh, gung-ho about their sport to uh, try to hog uh, a certain player or players and uh, push the athletic director to envelope to see how far they can uh, uh, stretch the schedule against uh, what might be some rules. So it, it takes uh, some uh, doing on your part to keep track of everybody and make sure they're they're following the rules. Right. We have some checks and balances in place where um, where we make sure that that doesn't happen. But I'll be honest with you, Ron. I, I am so, so fortunate, or we are so fortunate at Batesville High School that the, uh, that the coaches understand. Uh, they're very knowledgeable about the IHSA rules. They understand uh, why there's limitations and, and things like that. So, you know, it's not something we, we've ever had a problem with. Um, and, and I do believe that all of our coaches uh, do want, uh, you know, to share, share athletes the best they can. And I, and I know sometimes that's difficult. You know, as, as a girls' basketball coach now, you know, th- there's times where I'd like to have a, have a few more minutes or, or hours in the gym. But ultimately, we have to keep in mind, you know, what's best for the student-athlete first and, and also what's best for all the programs and not just one or two. Coach, uh, you got the new facility uh, with the uh, auxiliary gym now. That uh, helps a lot in bad weather. And I know it gets busy in there, but it, it certainly has helped the situation. Well, it's, it's, it's helped immensely. And, and quite frankly, I've, I've told many, many people, I, I don't know what we did before. And, <laughs> and, and it's just a distant memory, I guess. I, you know, I, I, I remember practicing you know, freshman basketball in the mornings and, and this and whatever it might be. But I, I don't re- quite remember how we made it work. You know, there was a lot of running in the, in the hallways that, that doesn't occur as much anymore. I can't say this doesn't still happen. Um, we shared space, uh, and we're still sharing space. That's the amazing part. You know, we're, we're kind of stacked up right now using that auxiliary gym, the main gym, um, as, as much as it seems like we were before. Uh, but, again, the coaches are working together. They understand that everybody needs some time, um, you know, as long as the weather cooperates, it doesn't pose to be a big problem. But as soon as that rain starts, boy, we'll we'll get into a mess. Anything new in the athletic department you'd like to talk about? No, not not necessarily. I you know we're still uh, we're still in search of a, a girls' soccer coach, and that that uh, search is ongoing. They got some quality applicants coming in, but we're still uh, we're still in search of a, a girls' soccer coach, and, and for the most part, the entire uh, staff. Um, you know, we've got. Uh, a few ba- baseball games right now uh, that are a bit in jeopardy because of uh, the lack of officials. And I know that you've heard uh, probably over the course of the last six months to a year, the IHSA is putting out a number of different pleas for uh, uh, officials. Uh, there's just it's a dwindling uh, number right now, and we're starting to feel a little bit of that impact in southeastern Indiana uh, for the freshman C team baseball games, the JV baseball games. So many of those umpires, young umpires, are getting opportunities to, to do varsity games, and it's just kind of left a void a little bit at the at the lower levels. But we hope that uh, we get those filled here at the last minute. And quite frankly, a lot, there's a lot of uh, men and women that do baseball that I think are kind of waiting on the rainout situation, and they don't schedule too far ahead because uh, you know they know that they're going to be able to pick up about as many games as they want in about, oh, I'd say about a month. I know uh, Bobby Cox personally, and of course Bobby's retiring, but uh, that's one of the worries he's had during the time he's been a commissioner, and each year it gets worse, it seems like, is to try to get the quality officials and to get schedules around, and I know, I think it was two years ago, where they went into the girls' sectional, and they barely had enough officials to go around. Yeah, it's, we've got a, a there's, there's many, many officials out there that, that are that are aging a little bit and and you quite frankly they're doing it um because they know that there's a a bit of a deficit or or some some lower numbers and they're still keeping that big full schedule that uh, probably if you'd ask them 10 years ago they were probably be hoping they'd be tapering off a little bit but uh, we got a lot of great officials out there and and you know for a young person it's a great way to make some extra money 
Um, if you have the time and the opportunity, um, I encourage um, I encourage you to get, you know, just look into what the IHSA has to offer as far as their officials training. Uh, there's associations that you can also uh, look into the officials associations. Or um, it's it's a great way to be involved in high school athletics. Uh, you do you do get an opportunity uh, to be a part of it and, and get paid to do so. So uh, I, I'm sure that uh, someone out there maybe want to maybe wants to get involved and just doesn't know how. I'll be more than happy to help them in that direction. Coach, uh, Coach, uh, the, the athletic director this evening. Uh, uh, you've got some people in your uh, department that really help you out a lot. Uh, chance to give them a plug here this evening. Well, we do, and I, I tell you what, Rosemary Moten and Bertha Hazelwood just do an outstanding job. And you know, six years ago when I when I took this job, when Mark Ferguson retired, you know, I've said it before. You know, he he had the the department in such a good place, and it was an easy transition for me. And I know he worked extremely hard. Um, probably that last year or so to kind of set me up so I could move forward. But as you know, as you know, things change and, and, and we go, we move forward. Uh, both Rosemary and Bertha have done outstanding jobs of, of keeping me in line, I guess sometimes. <laughs> but uh, but you know, they they both have the responsibilities, and, and I never have to worry. Um, we've got a lot of great volunteers and, and people who work our events. You know, the Greg and Teresa Simmons of the world, and and and. Andrew uh, Springmeyer and his wife. I mean, we've got a lot of dedicated people, and, and it's going to be even more so seen here as we come to track season. Track season is, is probably one of the most demanding uh, times that we have in need of, of workers, and, and we have one of the best crews of, of workers uh, for track and field that I think in uh, southeastern Indiana. And you'll see the same, a lot of the same faces uh, year in, year out, and I think that's what helps make our track, uh, track and field meets run smoothly. But the same thing goes for baseball, softball, and everything else in the spring. I can attest to the fact of uh, track, uh, the years I coached and uh, still uh, helping out yet. When uh, people come to Batesville, they're always proud of the fact that uh, Batesville is able to bring the number of adults out to work meets, and you don't have kids running meets at the high school level, which is really, really helpful. It is, and you know what, and I... The longer I do this and the more I understand the value of, of our volunteers or, or our workers, um, but I'm also impressed at times when we do have to call on, on our student athletes and our students, um, you know, they, they take it pretty seriously, on, you know, but as long as you lay the expectations of what, what you expect them to do and ask them to do um, and give them that direction, you know, I'm not afraid to throw some, some of our uh, upperclassmen out there and, and help out, but, but you're right, as a whole, uh, the more adults that you have um, involved and included in the process is, is so much better. Could, uh, again, uh, say, Coach, uh, anything okay. else before we leave, you leave this evening? Nope. We got uh, just looking forward to the spring sports. Uh, hopefully the weather holds out. We'll have our, um, our schedule books out, our pocket schedules out here pretty soon. Uh, they've gone through the final proof. We, we do try to hold those off as long as we can in the spring. Uh, much like I noted, uh, you know, we're kind of still getting word in from other schools uh, whether they're going to have, uh, whether it's JV softball, freshman baseball, whatever it might be. So we try to leave it as late as possible. There's always changes to those schedules. So uh, bear with us, and uh, you can always check our websites for any changes or corrections to our schedules. But uh, we'll be looking for those pocket schedules here pretty soon. Brian, thank you for coming in, and uh, I know the chance to uh, talk about the athletic department here at Batesville High School, and, and thank you for all the work you do. I know you took on the extra job this year as girls basketball coach, and you still show up everywhere when needed, so thank you for that. No problem. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate the opportunity. We will be back after these words from our sponsor. You listen to Coach's Corner on WRBI 103.9, your FM dial, and streaming live on WRBIRadio.com. We will be right back. Tyson's Family Pizza has pasta. Yes, Batesville, we have pasta. Choose from spaghetti, rigatoni, or cheese ravioli. You get our house-made marinara or decadent Alfredo. Top it off with some chicken, sausage, or meatballs. Our jumbo wings are a must this time of year. We have seven different sauces or crispy plain with your choice of blue cheese or house-made ranch. Tyson'sFamilyPizza.com on the web. 812-933-0333 on the phone. Or Tyson's Family Pizza, 117 East George, downtown Batesville. In today's fast-paced world, more Americans than ever report feeling stressed and overwhelmed. 
Starting April 16th, join Margaret Mary Health for Stop Stress This Minute, a program designed to teach participants how to lower their stress level and manage stress in a healthy way. This three-part series costs just $15 and will be held at Margaret Mary's main campus. Registration is required by calling 812-933-5583. When it comes to your prescriptions and medications, you want to be able to rely on someone you know and trust. And you can trust George's to fill your prescription right, deliver it to your door, and, most importantly, give you all the professional advice you need. For prescriptions you know and trust, George's Pharmacy. We are here for you. We are here for you. George's offers free delivery to Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. Now, back to Coach's Corner at Ison's Family Pizza on the Sports Voice in Southeastern Indiana. Country 103.9 WRBI. We're back and joining us now is Aaron Garrett, Bates High School Boys Basketball Coach. And uh, Aaron is talking to Brian right now, so we'll give him a chance to get his headsets on so we can get going here. Coach, a tough night at uh, Connersville on uh, Friday night against uh, South Dearborn. I listened to your... uh, after the uh, game was over and uh, one of those games where somebody put a lid on the basket for Batesville and uh, you had a senior for South Dearborn go off against you for a lot of points. Yeah, we can we can back up to Wednesday first in regards to even South Dearborn against Rushville Wednesday. We scattered that game and Shackelford actually, who, who went off against us on Friday, set through most of the second quarter and I couldn't tell if it looked like they were working with his knee came out after halftime and played and just just looked okay now we knew from scouting what he was capable of but you always wonder when that usually happens either they're going to play really well the next game or maybe give it a go and they just then they decide they they can't go but in terms of preparation for south Dearborn, proud of our preparation we um we weren't looking ahead by any means which i'll talk about here in a minute but going back to our game against franklin county on on wednesday we it was a it was a close game in terms of we opened up a little bit there in that in that second quarter. Then the 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 second half was pretty tight. We only outscored them by two points in the entire second half and had a chance to to maybe have that margin a bit wider there at the end of the of the game. But a couple of shots they got in, which which were fine. But we've had that issue a lot this season in terms of there were there be spells when we just we don't score very easily and. And Colt Meyer, in, in those times, usually does step up and, and helps us score a little bit more easily. But on, on Wednesday, we're able to get that win against a, a young Franklin County team that's solid. And the um, sophomore for Franklin County, he's he's going to be a load, the Cox boy. And he, he scored on us there in January and played them. But then we've got, we had some good contested his shots, and he's got a really good shot going off the dribble back towards the middle of the floor. And can really rise up and, and get a shot off, no matter what length or, or defender you throw at him. Very, very proud with the job we were able to do on Ertel, the freshman, who's who he's the one who lit up um, Connorsville just a couple weeks before, and just a spectacular show on film. He had some threes in our game in the first half. We were able to hold him to just two points in the second half in January, and actually he opened the game on a on a play we had been prepared for, and we just got behind chasing him. And he hits the first three of the game, and he didn't he didn't score the rest of the game. So just in terms of the defensive effort there with the scout on, on Wednesday was really solid. And, and Colt led us on Wednesday with 17 points. Um, Sam Bagley chipped in 13 and had some had eight rebounds and played really really well. And just an overall good effort. So you have one night to prepare for when you play that Wednesday draw. You have the one night preparation to, to get ready for for Friday. And like I said, we didn't overlook anybody. Anything we did mentioning Greensburg was just simply transition because, as, as we saw on Friday and as we knew coming in, South, South Dearborn's a team that can really push the tempo. And, and sometimes, haphazardly, um, there's times on film that we show the guys where an opponent scores, they literally just take it out of bounds off one foot or just chucking at 60 feet down the court because their guys take off and, and they know to get ahead. And that hurt us a couple times. hurt us on one big possession later in the game when we were fighting back and we we were in man gave token pressure and then we were jogging instead of sprinting back defensively and had one thrown over us and went to tap it we had to we got a steal call or a foul called on us instead of getting the steal so 
preparation-wise, film-wise, um, we didn't take South Denver lightly by any means. They had 10 wins. They'd had some other games where they could have easily been over 500 with 12, 13, 14 wins. And as you know, whenever you get in a tournament play and you have two good guards, um, that's always a dangerous opponent. And as you said, as far as a lid on the basket, I didn't watch the game back until this afternoon. Um, I watched snippets of it back over the weekend, but didn't didn't go ahead and watch the whole thing. But in the first quarter, we're two of fourteen, um, and I felt like once we were down, if we'd ever gotten the lead, if we would ever establish the lead, I think I think we would have went ahead and won the game. But we started out two and fourteen, so we're on our heels a little bit. Um, and coach, you know those games. That's that's people always ask me if I'm nervous. As a younger coach, sure I was nervous. Now as a more experienced coach, I'm always anticipatory of the game. And I, if I ever get to where I'm not, it's time for me to get out of the out of the coaching profession, right? Right. But the thing I'm, I, that's always on my mind is my biggest fear going into games is what if the ball's not going through the basket, right? Because it affects so many things. And watching the game back, we had some good looks early, looks that went down for us all season. And I estimated roughly 14 points very clearly, very easily, of, of shots that was a double bounce in the rim, literally went in and out, um, good looks that we qualify as good looks by the right guys taking the right shot. And they just didn't go down. So now the pressure starts mounting. And I mean, our guys are smart. I mean, everybody knows that it was we were aiming towards a, uh, a Greensburg-Batesville matchup on Saturday night. Greensburg had taken care of the first game, so that was in the books. And then that pressure starts mounting. And to give South Dearborn credit, they just kept playing and playing and playing. And then we get to the second half. We had a sequence there too in the first half where we could have, we got a steal if we could have got it pushed ahead. As poorly as we shot it, when I went out at halftime, we were shooting 26% from the field for the half. And we could have been tied, right? So at halftime, just made some of our adjustments, uh, adjustments, talked about some things we had to do better. And probably what's more, most disappointing is the fact of some things we worked on and looked really good at offensively on Thursday in practice. We just couldn't get it done on the, on the game floor on Friday. And there's nobody more disappointed than the than the boys who were playing on the floor. So it's not like they ever go out and don't give maximum effort. The fact that they had a chance to take this game to overtime and potentially win it, shooting the way we did, is just a testament to their maximum effort. Um, we forced 20 turnovers. So how do you shoot at 40% for the game, and that's just because of the effort there in the last four minutes of the fourth quarter to, to get some shots down. How do you shoot that poorly and even have a chance to come out with a victory? It, it's purely effort in terms of creating turnovers, getting deflections, and doing things of that nature to generate more attempts because obviously we're not hitting at a very high clip, so we need more attempts. And to the boys' credit, and as I challenge them, especially in the fourth quarter, as far as just give me give me attitude and effort right the the process was was good it just the shot wasn't going down you had 54 attempted free throws in a game like that to it there's no flow so now we're we're at, there's whistles a lot where game action and stop and again more time for kids to think more time for pressure to set in if you will and then in that fourth quarter we had a couple missed box outs that were killer a couple slow rotations on that last play and i know it's a scramble situation but there was there was 11 seconds left, so we had time to get down and get settled. And of all things, a ball screen where we don't hedge the ball screen is, is one of the things that we preach in one of our, what we call our defensive habitudes, right, habits that we hopefully have an habit, attitude with. And we, we got caught standing and watching. And he came off that ball screen. And, yeah, it could have been called a moving screen. It could have been. But in that situation, as, I, as I've told the guys, officials are not going to make that kind of call in that situation, and nor should they. Right. Let let the teams decide who, who how that situation is going to go. And it wasn't. I mean, there was a little bit of an advantage gain, but if we were to hedge the ball screen like we like we should have been doing, it maybe becomes more of a, a mood issue. But to to their credit, they drilled that three, and and it ended our season. And after, uh, uh, I mean, we're down we're down five with 23 seconds left. So to get that thing tied, in just the last four minutes in general, even with some of the defensive miscues. Still very, very just pleased with the effort. It was this group. It was the the essence of this group that you saw there in the end of the game in terms of never giving up, 100% effort. And it wasn't always pretty, right? And that's been this group all season long. It just hasn't been pretty, but their effort overcame a lot. And, and Colt Meyer individually really put us on his back there in the late timeouts. 
he was determined not to go down, especially not to go down by three, four possessions and not have a chance to win the thing. And he really led us to that point. And then the execution late where we ran a play, I think we had 15, about 20 seconds left. I saw what developed. Colt got uh, got stopped there near the near the paint. He passed it back out. It got reversed quickly, and we were going nowhere. So we called timeout with roughly 17 seconds left, 16 seconds left, and we run a out of bounds action from the side that, that had a few different options. And obviously, the first option was going to be Colt Meyer going through an elevator screen. And, and Thomas Raver, our sophomore, read that, but then he also read the first action of that is Colt Meyer had screened for Cole Werner. And Cole got a clean run to the to our bench side corner. So Thomas made that read, delivered the ball to Cole. As we do in our warm ups, as we do in our, our practices, quite a bit with skill work, Cole ripped it to his baseline hip. And to his credit as a sophomore, he just ripped it to his hip, saw that he had that crease there that he could get through, and he attacked the baseline, squared his shoulders to the rim, and made a strong finish to, to tie the game up and create a lot of excitement. And then South Durban obviously came down and answered. Coach, their uh, lineup for your ball game was that different than what they had been using? They started all guards, didn't they? No, they've um, that was their standard starting lineup. Okay, and they've got they've just got they're not overly big, right? So they've created an issue, a, a matchup situation where they can they're really quick. Now they're not as quick as Greensburg, right? But they're they're kind of near that in terms of how quickly they'll just get the ball up and, and throw it up the floor and go attack, and and. You bring that point up as what was disappointing in terms of we had some had some opportunities we didn't get to in terms of our post guy slicing in there and posting up. Then other times, and one time I know that it was late where Charlie Dice had really carved in, had set down, carved space, and we'd had a, we would have had a high low feed that I think Charlie would have caught and executed on and scored on. And we didn't get the ball to him, and that possession ended up being a turnover. So it's frustrating, but never frustrated with the um, never frustrated the guys in terms of not trying to be great teammates and, and trying to get the win because that's all they ever do there they're there they give great effort but just a lot of opportunities that when you look back on you you definitely wish especially when you lose at the buzzer you just get one of those back and it's a different ball game coach uh this uh ball team to show the heart of them uh last year you graduated uh a senior group that uh included basically four starters at different points in their careers and that's hard to replace. And this team got off to uh, uh, a rocky start. A lot of it caused by the fact that you were not deep team. And then uh, Colt Meyer was out for a ball game and uh, took a little while to get back going. And and Thomas Raver was out for five or six ball games. But they just kept fighting back and uh, came out and I think uh, won what ten of the last thirteen ball games. Yeah, and we're so proud of them in regards. And I told them, told them this when we got back, especially our seniors. But Robert Raver was just a few points shy of being a thousand-point scorer, and just a monster rebounder, um, defensive guy like you wouldn't believe in terms of individual matchups, but also just on help side and rotation. Just an anchor of so much what we did. And he, a, a running mate of his, Trey Hylage, was a three-year player for us at the varsity level, but played even some as a freshman. Then you had Tyler Myers, who just anchored so much, so many things defensively, facilitated things offensively with his screening and passing. Then before Austin Seaver got hurt, he was probably the best player of the group at that time, the way he was playing. So to graduate all that, and, and the biggest, and you remember this from last year, the biggest compliment I can give those seniors from last year is how they, they really helped get our culture back and get it to as strong as it's ever been. The fact that those guys led that culture, and the compliment I gave our, our seniors this year was the fact that exactly at 2-8, like you said, at 2-8, this thing could have went a lot of different ways. And guys could have been, Colt, for example, could have been out for only stats, right? Look at an already the next level where he wants to go play and, and to, to get stats to help him do that. Never wants to do that. Um, Charlie Dice, Jacob Deutsch could have each went their own way and, and been selfish. But the compliment I gave them is they learned, they saw how to do it last year, and they did it this year under a true adversity and, and a test when we're sitting there at two and eight and boy did they really lead us and that's where when i think about this team and i told them this too um it's no secret that i i contemplate every year and definitely contemplated heavily last year should should that be it for me in terms of of where my i'm at in my life with my family etc and i'm so pleased i came back and and this was as enjoyable a year as i've had and that's a credit to those kids i mean i'm 
it was a long weekend in terms of I, I missed those guys. Tonight I didn't want to do myself with myself after school because would have much rather been in the gym with them, with my coaching staff, and and working with them. And you know this, coach, from the coaching days. It is not always like that. I'll be the first to admit. There's been teams, been seasons, even with some of the better teams. There's days where like, gosh, I don't know if I really want to go deal with practice. There was none of that this year because how these guys came and worked. And when I contemplate what I'm doing in terms of um, the, because I spend I spend more time with these players and talking with them, helping them through things, coaching them, et cetera, than, than I do my own personal kids. So you sometimes have to take a step back and look at that and, and, and balance that and evaluate that. But these kids made it such a, such a fun journey. And, and the rewards in the work, and what I'm most proud of, proud of these guys is they just got to work. And it's never the destination, right? If we'd won a championship on Saturday night, it wouldn't have been about the destination that made it so much fun and worthwhile. It would have been about that journey of, of just the effort put in, the, the caring they gave towards each other, the unselfishness with, from each other. And that's what I'm going to remember about this group for years down the road and, and just how special they were in that regard. And like I said earlier in the, in the broadcast, things, things were never pretty with this group, right? We, we were never, for whatever reason, a, a high-level efficiency shooting team in regards to percentage jumping off the, off the page at you, but they ground through it. They would grind through it. They would still rebound and defend and, and create opportunities that way. And, and you saw guys really grow up. And I thought overall in the course of the season with, with Colt being kind of that steady influence, and I just wish people could see Colt practice because that's probably what we'll miss the most from, from Colt individually is, is obviously his skill set is, is absolutely supreme in terms of the guys I've coached. But that dude is a, is a coach on the floor in terms of practice. He's always chattering. He's always talking. And it's always in a conducive way in terms of, as a coach, you want to hear Colt's voice the more you can because he's getting guys fired up. He's getting guys giving effort. He's making coaching points, teaching points. And he's such a smart guy in that regard. And, and that's going to be tough to replace because that is, of all Colt's skill sets, that is also a skill set where you can give effort and energy all the time. And he just simply builds people up where he could have done the exact opposite when we're sitting at two and eight. So just a testament to him in regards to really being that leader all the way through. And his two senior cohorts too, Charlie and Jacob. Obviously Charlie got more time on the floor and, and really grew up over the course of the season and became a became a force for us defensively. And when he wasn't in foul trouble, and it was hard for me to watch him foul out on the call that was his fifth foul compared to what would had been called or not called in the game. But when he was in the game and not in foul trouble, he had he had Shackelford and was doing a nice job on him. And if you'd have told me that at the beginning of the year that we would put Charlie Dice on the number one guys on a lot of the other team's scouting reports at this time of year, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's a credit to Charlie and just how locked in and dialed in he became and his, his decision to use his physical gifts and skills and mindset as well. And Jacob Deutsch. I mean, Jacob Deutsch is a champion no matter how you cut it, a kid that can not get much playing time on the on the game nights but come in and work as hard as he did and coach raver left every day with a smile saying see tomorrow coaches um just love him to death and and jacob probably had the hardest time of being the players with with the finality of it all because i think i think he definitely gets it in terms of that that chapter of our family is over that that run of high school basketball is now ended and is in the rearview mirror and that comes a perspective and i think jacob as much as anybody has that perspective it was interesting there what you were saying. Uh, first of all, the Cole Meyer type of ball player. I had one in, uh, David Gall, who, uh, when he was on the floor, was a coach, like you said, on the floor, and well, the abilities he had as well. And I had a kid, uh, uh, a Garcia boy, who I kept on the team and told him uh, I would keep him if he would know, understand that his playing time would be very limited because he was going to be the 11th man on a, on an 11-man team. And uh, he said, I want to be here because I want to be with these guys. And he never caused the problem. And he was the kind of kid in practice that would get more floor burns than uh, he ever got points in the game. But you had to have him around just because of what he did for the team. And, Coach, that's probably my biggest fear as we go into the future with athletics in general is you don't have the Jacob Deutsches around anymore. Right, and I'll be the first one to sit here. My senior year, we were not as good as we thought we would be. 
and the coach halfway through the season went with the sophomores and played them more than he played us seniors. And I don't, I don't begrudge him one bit because that's a, that's a direction he should have taken. And it's not easy sitting there not playing much and then going through all the work. But I never heard Jacob Deutsch complain. And more importantly, in this day and age, I never heard anything from his parents. Right? And right now, um, we've, got, we've got parents, and I know they love their kids, right? Just like I love my kids. But sometimes, as a parent, we've got to let kids go through things that are hard. And there's no doubt about it, Batesville basketball is hard to go through in terms of all the effort and energy and work that's required. And, and that's why I say there's no doubt Jacob Deutsch is going to be a winner in regards to just being selfless. And I hope in some small way that absolutely Jacob takes something from this experience that he's able to apply in the future that helps him be successful. And in the same way with, with Charlie and Colt, and, and I'll talk about Cole Siebert when we have those guys on next week too, but just a senior group to where, again, being clearly very transparent coming into the season, I did not know what we'd get out of that senior group at all. Um, I had somewhat idea of, of what we'd get out of them ability-wise maybe and what that looks like on the floor in terms of points and rebounds, things of that nature. But just unbelievably thrilled and happy for them the way they led this whole thing. Um, and there were times in the season when we're sitting at 2-8 and eight, when I'm talking to Colt individually and Charlie individually and really challenged them with some things. And the way they responded from that point forward was, was just outstanding and really shows a mark of maturity which I'm happy to see for both those guys and, and really happy to see how their futures unfold from this point forward after, after Batesville basketball. Coach, we'll finish up uh, next week, of course. Anything else before we let you go this evening? No, just I'm always appreciative of the support that Batesville basketball gets. There was quite a crowd there Friday, and, and our crowd always, always supports people the right way in terms of, of how our behavior is in the stands how our behavior is towards the guys and the, and the um, even the guys in stripes, right, when things aren't going our way. We, our fans aren't obnoxious. They're just loud and proud and, and cheer for our guys. And then, <clears throat> Coach Raver, you talk about culture. You talk about what makes Batesville special. We've got to give a shout-out to the student section. And it's been like that the last two years. So just like the basketball team, for example, goes from one senior leadership group to the next year and keeping that culture in place, you've really seen a good job of that with our student section. I thought they really reinvigorated it last year. I thought this year was really, really good in terms of the student section. So I just always appreciate all those students who are other also athletes in other sports. They're students. They're involved in plays and clubs and musicals. Quite a few of those guys are guys that used to be part of Batesville basketball. And for whatever reason, they aren't anymore, but yet they're still out there supporting the program, supporting their peers and their classmates, their former teammates. And as you go around and see other schools or other schools come to our gym, it's just something very, very special we have at Batesville, and definitely want to give a shout-out to those students for all that they do for us. Well, thank you, and we'll see you next week. See you, Coach. We'll be back after these words from our sponsor. You listen to Coach's Corner on WRBI 103.9, FM dial, and streaming live on WRBIRadio.com. We will be right back. Cecil Eisen from Eisen's Family Pizza here. I have some news for you. The Mizza Crust Pizza is here. Mizza Crust Pizza is just that. We start with our chicken and herb or pork tenderloin as the crust, then top it just as you would a regular pizza. Our favorites are the pork Mizza Crust with the barbecue sauce, ham, and pineapple, and chicken Mizza Crust with our house-made ranch, bacon, and tomato. Mm. Order your new Mizza Crust Pizza at Eisen'sFamilyPizza.com, 812-933-0333, or downtown Batesville. If saving money is important for your business, then it's time to talk to ETC. Trust ETC with your company's internet, business phones, and web design. We offer competitive pricing, excellent service, and your first month is free. From one local business to another, ETC has the business solutions to ensure your success. Contact us at 833-ETC-4BIZ before the end of the month to learn more about ETC's business services and how to get your first month free. Certain restrictions may apply. Now, back to Coach's Quarter at Ison's Family Pizza on the Sports Voice in Southeastern Indiana. Country 103.9 WRBI. We are back. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we will be back next week, of course. Uh, Gary and Aaron will be back. Uh, Aaron will bring his seniors with him next week. Also next week, we got the Rec League champion uh, team sponsored by the Lions Club. They're going to be here, and uh, we'll talk to those young men. And uh, uh, Mike Weiler is going to be here with the archery at uh, Batesville Schools. And Linda Barley with the uh, Milan Museum is going to be here as well. Uh, 
want to welcome in uh, my daughter and her family. I uh, got to um, go home for spring break, and they're here listening this evening. It's glad to have them here as well. Uh, also, uh, we want to thank uh, our sponsors that make all this possible. We thank John at WRBI for getting us on the air. We want to thank Isons for allowing us to be here. We want to thank all of you for listening in. Good night, everyone. in southeastern Indiana. Country 103.9 WRBI thanks you for listening to Coach's Corner, southeastern Indiana's top local sports show, live from Ison's Family Pizza in Batesville. See you next time.